Do you know a healthcare hero? Someone who fights for better care for their families, their friends, or their community? The New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice wants to honor them and you with a pair of tickets to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Summer Jam at UBS Arena on June 2nd. Visit hot97.com slash NYH Justice to enter to win. Must be 18 or older to enter. Made hot by the New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice. Ebro, Lauren Rosenberg, uh, it has been 10 years looking back at the now infamous Summer Jam where Rosenberg basically ruined it all. I know there's some chicks here waiting to sing Starships later. I'm not talking to y'all right now. Fuck that bullshit. Hot 97 Summer Jam 2012 presented by Paul Books will break down like this. Welcome to Summer Jam Through the Years. I'm your host, Laura Styles. Last episode, we talked about the growth of hip-hop, Michael Jackson coming out with Jay-Z, Destiny's Child getting booed, and everything else, Summer Jam 2001. On today's episode, we're discussing the infamous Summer Jam 2012. But before we go there, let's set the stage. Last episode, Summer Jam took place at Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, but Summer Jam producer Carl Fried explains how hip-hop's biggest show, found its forever home. Summer Jam 2001 Nassau Coliseum, Summer Jam 2002 Nassau Coliseum. Both shows sold out, as I said, by this point, I don't even think it's 10 minutes, it's three minutes, literally, that we saw out all the tickets. And so for 2003, which was our 10th anniversary, um, and I came up with the idea of moving the show to Giant Stadium. I said the show is just we can see the demand is there. We're selling out, you know, 15,000 tickets in three minutes. I think we can sell more. And so I went to Giant Stadium, who was run by Ron Vandeveen, who started in janitorial services at, at Brandenburg Arena. And I said, Ron, I think we can sell out the stadium. And, you know, he, his trust in us as the radio station and as the producers – has not wavered to this day. And he said, Carl, if you think so, let's find a date and let's do it. And so um, that's that's when Summer Jam became just the beast that it is. So we went from selling 14,000, 15,000 tickets at Nassau Coliseum in 2002 to selling 50,000 tickets at Giant Stadium in 2003. And so it it became major leagues. I mean, there was one other radio show in America that had played a stadium, and that was the HFS Festival in D.C. And we joined that, and ultimately they went their way, and you know, HFS couldn't you know draw the crowds that it did anymore. And so we've been at the stadium now um, for 19 years. So... Um, it's it's a really good run, and a lot of people have seen the shows there. In fact, Summer Jam was almost the first show at MetLife Stadium when it first opened. Carl explains to Hot 97's in-house reporter Jason Peters. So obviously it's gone from Giant Stadium, which was demolished, and here's kind of an interesting story. <laughs> um, we were going to be the first show in the new stadium. MetLife? Well, it wasn't called MetLife then. They, oh, yeah. didn't have, they didn't have a sponsor, but it was called Meadowlands Stadium. Oh, yeah, Meadowlands. And 
certain people did not want Summer Jam to be the first show. For whatever reasons that we can guess. Guess. And they convinced John Bon Jovi to do the show, to open the stadium two days before us. And so uh, we shared the stage. We, we collectively rented a stage, collectively being Bon Jovi and, and us. And Bon Jovi was the first show, and we were the second. Do you remember who sold more tickets? Um, well, it's interesting. I mean, I, they, we both sold out. Um, but um, technically, he sold more tickets because... Um, we love our fans so much, we give away a lot of things. Either way, it was a full stadium. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But technically, John Bon Jovi footed half the bill for the Summer Jam stage that year. Uh, that is correct. Um, and so which made it much more profitable for us. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird that Bon Jovi helped pay for the Summer Jam stage. Today's episode of Summer Jam Through the Years is going to sound a little different than the last two episodes. In fact, it's going to sound a lot like the morning show I'm on every day. Ebro in the morning because as you heard earlier oh no this is the infamous Rosework fucked up summer jam <laughs> let's not get it confused looking back at the now infamous summer jam where Rosenberg basically ruined it all however the story is much deeper than that Ebro was essentially in charge of booking and running summer jam 2012 then Rosenberg caused the drama that almost ruined summer jam meanwhile during summer jam 2012 I was trying to figure it out with the digital team on how to live stream the whole thing let's just say it was a disaster let me give you a little insight I was the very first host of the first quote unquote live stream none of us really know what we were doing but we were trying. I remember, shout out to my uh, producer back then, Michelle Jimenez. She was so nervous. Somebody stole my interview couch. We had to set up in a tent and somebody stole our couch. I had a Hot 97 sign behind me that someone stole. I was doing interviews with artists and people would just walk by the set. I mean, when I tell you, it was like people arguing, people trying to get some camera time, shouting out people. Some guy trying to take my mic. You see me arguing. It was a nightmare. So essentially, we were all of us who were doing three shows on air, live stream and on stage live. That's something that people don't don't know how we were running around. They're like, what do you do? Well, what do you mean? What do I do? I'm doing a thousand interviews, a thousand, you know, like plug-ins, sponsor shout-outs. Like, it's it's crazy backstage. Since our morning show is a primary cast of characters in today's story, we figured, why not talk it out 10 years later? 97 minutes, commercial free. Non-stop hip-hop. Coming up. Right now. With Ebro in the morning. Woo! Hot 97. Ebro, Lauren Rosenberg. Uh, it has been 10 years. Looking back at the now infamous... Summer Jam, where Rosenberg basically ruined it all. Oh, my God. I mean, that's, one way, that's your way of putting it. What else could it have been? Well, it, no, that's accurate. But it didn't end up ruining it. It turned out to be a great show. Phenomenal. Um, now, but, if you weren't, but see, now here's a trick, though. You might have just been a social media person and not at the actual event to know what took place on stage. Mm-hmm. Because... You saying what you said, which was what at the festival that day? Um, that's the part where you should insert it from the YouTube clip. Weekday morning, if you have a job, if you go to school, you wake up, check us out. Now, hold on. Before I get to the real hip-hop shit of the day, because I see the real hip-hop heads sprinkled in here. I see them. 
I know there's some chicks here waiting to sing Starships later. I'm not talking to y'all right now. Fuck that bullshit. Bullshit. I'm here to talk about real hip-hop shit. People are here to see ASAP Rocky today. People are here to see Schoolboy Q on this stage. That's the shit I represent. And real quick, I'm going to hook someone up with some tickets right now. Right now, if you want a chance to meet Schoolboy Q and win tickets to see him, text the word Gambino to 75759. But I said something along the lines of, uh, I'm, I'm here for the real hip-hop heads, the, you know, the, the real hip-hop shit, not this Starships bullshit, something wow. to that effect. Wait, to be clear, okay, um, I just... To, to remember, the artists that were performing in that festival stage, because okay. this happened on the festival stage. This is when I was a, a big part of the festival right. stage. These it were was, my people. No, it was ASAP Rocky. ASAP yes, Rocky was on the festival stage. Pusha uh, T, yeah. Kendrick Lamar, uh, Schoolboy Q, you. Big Crit, wow. and Fred the Godson. R.I.P. R.I.P. And, and, and also R.I.P. to Chris Nadler, who, of course, helped put that, put that together. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, Started the idea of the festival that absolutely. year. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing man, Chris Nadler. So, so that festival that year, these are almost all artists I had some association with that I was really into, whatever. And that was kind of the way the festival stage was then, was kind now, of the I, more real, the quote, real hip-hop. And I just want to say for the listeners, Marlis. the reason he keeps circling back to like, I had something to do with it, and out of the eyes, because he still feels some type of way of basically ruining what could have been a legendary summer jam. But just, it ended up being a legendary summer correct. jam nonetheless. I just felt I had a battery in my back. I'm only trying to point out all these artists that I love to say that I was charged up about these artists performing. And I was bringing out, I believe he was closing out the show, Kendrick Lamar. And This I, was being live streamed at the time. Oh, yeah. I Unbe remember. Unbeknownst to me, it was being live streamed on Nikki's website. Yo, I didn't even know that until right now. I didn't that? know that either because I thought she learned it about it because of tweets no twitter learned about it because it was streaming on her website right oh so the barbs gosh. came in early so so i i say hey we're not here for the starships bullshit we're here for the real shit Rah! cheap pop everyone cheers that's the only thing i was trying to do was get them hyped up for kendrick it was starting to rain then you shat on starships so, and, and by the way and it also needs to be added I had been critical at that point of Starships for months. On the air. It had been, there had been, I did the realness about it, how it wasn't good, and this and that. And also because you know that Nikki is such a talented rapper. I, I'm tired of doing the version where I have to praise her when I talk about how she got mad. Yes, um, everyone knows she's facts. an all-time great. But in this case, I didn't like the song. The song was just not yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, by the way, guess what? Yeah. She don't like it no more yeah. either. And, and she admitted that in an interview. Right, and that's yeah. why 10 years later, I'm kind of done with the feeling bad. I realized I sat here face to face with her, <laughs> had her tell me I was talentless, not funny, not smart. I had to sit there and eat it all because I felt so bad. When really, all I said was a song that she doesn't think is good wasn't good, but it wasn't the right time or place. That's the most important part. I should not have done it. And certainly if I... If I knew we were streaming, I definitely wouldn't have said that. So then I walk in, I introduce Kendrick, watch him for a song or two, and make my way into the uh, the venue. And when I get inside, I remember I got to the stage, so maybe a half hour passes, whatever, and the show's about to start. And you probably don't remember this, but Ebro, you came up to me, and you're like, yo, um, very calmly, he's just like, yo, did you, you say something about Nicki Minaj? 
And I swear to God, I legitimately had to think because I was just doing hype up the crowd shit. So I like, I was like, oh, yeah, actually I did. I said Starships was bullshit. Mm. Ebro's like, yeah, well, she just pulled out of the concert. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> and basically walked back to go deal with whatever he was dealing with. Back to Carl Freed. So Ebro and I, Ebro Darden was much more involved with Summer Jam back then. And um, we get the call that uh, Nikki didn't like something that Rosenberg said and that she's not going to come. Threatening not to come. And she wanted an apology. Free speech. He has an opinion. He, his opinion was that he didn't think her song was so great and she didn't like that. Okay. Um, but for me as a producer, I'm saying, so come out on stage and prove him wrong. Right? Do you know a healthcare hero? Someone who fights for better care for their families, their friends, or their community? The New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice wants to honor them and you with a pair of tickets to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Summer Jam at UBS Arena on June 2nd. Visit hot97.com slash NYH Justice to enter to win. Must be 18 or older to enter. Made hot by the New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice. Mr. C. Mr. C. Step swimming. Jadakiss. EPMD. Eric B. and Rakim. Method Man and Red Man. Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Yours truly, the curator, the lit digital DJ, Funk Flex on the set. Hosted by Nessa, Ebro, Peter Rosenberg, and Laura Stale. 30th anniversary of Summer Jam. 30% off right now. This offer ends at midnight on Sunday. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Oh, you thought we wasn't going to get it right? He's on fire. And so Ebro and I are talking to her throughout the – so let's say the show started at 6.30. She was supposed to go on at 8.30 um, and talking to her. She's not coming. No, she's only – I think she was in New York City at the time, mm-hmm. so only 30 minutes away. And so talking to her, not coming, not coming, not coming. And then finally Ebro convinces her, hey, you should – come on. Show, show us what you're made out of. And she says, I'll, I'll call you back. And my, my memory was she called him back as we were unloading because our show's on a turntable. So while one artist is performing, we're setting up on the back of the turntable the next artist, and the turntable rotates to have the, the next set. And when she called back, we were unloading her set. <laughs> so Ebro goes, nah. Don't think it's a, it's going to work because we just took down your production. Um, that is my memory of it. Um, love Nikki, big star. Our audience didn't care. At the end of the day, we had that year. We had, I think we'd sold fifty thousand tickets, some or more. And you you really don't give refunds for for Summer Jam if an act doesn't show up because it's not based on an act. It's a multi-act festival. But sometimes, um, 
people ask for refunds because somebody doesn't show up. Well, we had three refund requests. And two of them were about people were smoking weed too close to their seat. The third was because Nikki didn't show up. Now, mind you, um, I wasn't even on social media oh, yet. God. So I'm not paying attention. What a attention. glorious time. Pre-Ebro? It, it was pre-Bro? It was pre-Old Man Ebro. Follow me. Um, <laughs> and uh, Lil Wayne started talking shit. Lil Wayne wasn't there, so obviously he starts talking he shit. Upset, came yes. for his artist, who was Nicki Minaj. Um, and we have a, a whole bunch of individuals on the show uh, who are affiliated with Cash Money. At that time, DJ Khaled, yes. Cash Money. Yes. DJ Khaled was bringing out a myriad of special guests who were also on Cash Money. I think including Busta. Busta Rhymes was on there. Yeah. So as Nikki pulls out, Lil Wayne, if I recall, mentions my name. Now, me mm. and Lil Wayne already had issues from Carter Three Days when he kicked in the... There was a whole thing here. He was came to for an interview when Miss Jones was here days. Uh-huh. And you remember that morning where he I kicked remember. in not the Carter door. Two. You're on Carter 2, not Carter 3. Carter 2. Kicks in the door like he was here for an interview to have fun. We had some, like, politician or doctor yeah. in the room. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? And then I go out to talk to him, and he's high or whatever, and he won't wait around for the interview. And we had a little back and forth. It wasn't even that deep. But he ended up saying, fuck Hot 97 on the album. Oh, yeah, that's right. He wrote it. Boom. So then this Nicki Minaj incident. So then he starts basically going into capo, you know, boss mode, yanking his artists off the show. Um, At which point, Buster pulls me aside like, yo, I'm so sorry, like... Khaled pulls me aside. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm so sorry. Fast forward, Khaled and Birdman, and Ross makes a song dissing Birdman because he didn't pay cash. I mean, there's so many things that happened after this. But at the time, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. So I got to figure out how to turn this into something. We had, I had asked Nas uh, to come on stage with Nicki Minaj on some Queens-ish. Remember at that time, I think they even did a music video mm-hmm. where there was kind of like these right romantic side, rumors or yeah. something. Yeah. And then a part of the Nas set, we had reached out to Lauren Hill to come out. Who? So you were going to have on stage Nicki Minaj, mm-hmm. Nas, and Lauren Hill right. at the same time because <sighs> Nicki would have brought out Nas. They would have did a song together on some Queen shit. And then- Nas would have did a couple of classics <laughs> and then Lauren would have walked out. Right. Right. God damn. Nikki adores Lauren. Oh of my course. God. Of course. Why so not? Good. But so then I had to go and basically break it to Nas that this whole thing was going on and ask Nas to do a set impromptu and still get Lauren to come out. So that I think gets overshadowed because you still had a Lauren Hill moment if you were at the stadium and saw the show. You're in there, the fucking building shook. Yeah. Well, that's that that's the point though. The point is you know, with all due respect, like no one artist is bigger than the whole show. That's right. what makes, you know, a su- summer jam different. So, yeah, people, I'm not saying, I think there was a total of like five people who asked for a refund after the show. Right, it wasn't. Um, because an advertised artist didn't perform. But, and that's not a diss to Nikki. That's just to say that you got an incredible show anyway. You right. got Nas and Lauren doing a set anyway. So, but it was, um, and then, can't we can't forget about this part. So, I was freaking out because after Ebro said, did you say something? She pulled out. I go on Twitter 
and I'm very into Twitter at this time. Um, and, and I just joined that day, by the way, because Lil Wayne was talking shit to me and said my name. Oh, that I was there. On Twitter. That's why I got on Twitter. So wow. I was like, yo, shit's being talked. I don't, I'm not there. Well, I Let me up. get up in here. Mix and, it up. Oh, great. So you mean, you so, and and 400,000 tweets later, <laughs> I'm to blame. I know. No, so, so I, I look on Twitter and I just see my name trending. And I was like, oh, well, that's not what you want to see. This isn't good. And I click on the trends and I'm and I see what everyone's saying and a lot of hate, a lot of love, a lot of hate, whatever, just a lot of conversation. And I just remember panicking because more background to that is we went into that summer jam with Shawnee will remember this well, with me and Sife's morning show being in a rough spot. Like things had not been good. Ratings had slipped a little bit. Right. Um, that we we knew there was a lack of confidence at that mm -hmm. time, and in fact, we recorded a podcast the day before, summer, the Friday before Summer Jam. We did a podcast at One App in which we're like, "This might be the end. We might have we might have come to the end of the line." I remember that. Our producer, God, we've lost a lot of people, man. Our producer, Shaky Jake. Oh, Jake. R.I.P. Jake. Jake pulled my brother aside at Summer Jam. My brother usually comes with me to Summer Jam. He pulled my brother aside and was like. I've been around morning shows when they start and when they end, this one's about to end. Like just, I'm letting you know your brother's about, something's about to change. Mm. So then this Nikki thing happens and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. And, you know, to Ebro's credit and to everyone's credit at the company, they were just like, no, man, you said what you said. We're, we're riding with you. No matter who we asked about the story, everyone says they rode for Rosenberg. From DJ Juanito. Rosenberg, you know, had best, his best intentions was just to big up Kendrick Lamar. But in doing that, shaded on Nicki Minaj's starships, which I, you know, which my opinion was, not, you know, not the smartest move. But, you know, that was his, his approach. To Drewski. Me, you know, knowing Rosenberg, it wasn't like a big deal. It was like, oh, Rosenberg's just doing, you know, talking and shit again not thinking it would lead to this whole shenanigan. I think it's great. Like, I, I love situations like that, you know? And I'm sure people can get over it over time. But, you know, it's just, it's just, um, that's Rosenberg. Like, I expect Rosenberg to go through some shit like that, you know? So to do it with Nicki Minaj, who at the time is like the hottest artist in the world, it's like, oh yeah, this is a perfect Rosenberg episode, you know? It's like, awesome. Now, Listen, Ebro's just a smart guy who knows when a moment is happening. Like, there's no point in punishing the person. And then you're into a weird conversation, too, because now you're like, wait, the, the labels and the artists get to tell the radio station what they're going to say and do and blah, blah, blah. All this happening, Flex gets wind of the whole thing. And you know Flex is not allowing an entire beef to happen that he's not in the center <laughs> of. Are oh, they mixing it up? Me too. Right. So Flex jumps all the way in. He gets does his set that night at like 9, 10 o'clock and was just shitting on everyone. Like anybody. He shit on Nikki, on Wayne, Cash Money, Young Muddy. He just went ham. And and then the next day we, we came in here and talked about it and it's funny. It's honestly, it might be the reason I'm still at Hot 97 to this day is because that moment gave that morning show more juice for a while. Obviously, eventually things transition, but it actually solidified me more kind of in the seat that I've been in because it was a moment that whether you loved it or hated, basically everyone in New York remembers the moment. Yeah, and it's also very hip hop, right? 
Like what what space do we want to be in as hip hop where we can't be critical of things we love, like and dislike? Like that's not what we what we've ever wanted in my time in media around hip hop or even as a fan where people aren't being honest about how they feel about a song and it's not taken as a personal attack. Well, isn't it funny too like that's basically the reason Ebro hired me to be on the show was to be like a critical voice on hip hop who would say sort of edgy things. And I knew people would hate you because you're white. And he knew people would hate me because I'm white or just hate me because I'm obnoxious. But the funny thing is all the people who hated on that when really that was conversations about music. And really most morning shows are built on conversations about gossip and people's personal lives right. and really nasty right. things. People were mad and offended because we were giving music opinions. Like, honestly, so? Who gives a fuck it's if I music. don't like it? It's music. Yeah. You know? But the truth is, I, I know that Nikki had a lot of people in her ear who, leading up to all this, were saying, they make fun of you on the morning show over there. Because I used to, like, jokingly do her voice a little bit. But it, to me, was always in love. Like, I thought she was great. And we talked about her in a way that we thought she was great. But we we didn't know her. We didn't have that relationship. And I think that... And then you fast forward, Ebro, a year later... One year later, we do the interview leading up to the next Summer Jam mm -hmm. where her and I have our face-to-face, -face and um, she makes me eat crow for about an hour, and I took it right on the chin nicely. And then the Summer Jam comes up that, that year, and Nikki's back on stage. Mm -hmm. And Didn't uh, she bring out Drake that year? Was that yeah. the year she was brought out Drake, Drake and, and Wayne? Wayne. Yeah. yeah, That's when we had, and Rihanna was like off on the sideline, remember? Right, she was right. there watching was the there. show. I was yeah. like, oh my God, is that Riri? Riri was and in the And it's funny, there's this awkward photo that people have made fun of me before, before, where Nikki's onto the side of the stage and I, and I have my arm around her and I hugged her and people like make fun of me and are like, ugh, she hates hugging you. And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, her fans were just jealous that the guy who they hated got to have a hug from Nikki. But the reality was at that moment in time, we actually spoke quite a bit after we did the interview. Like, and that day at Summer Jam, and I'm not close with her anymore, but that day at Summer Jam, I know she had a lot of nerves about being back on the stage. And I literally had like a practically a pep talk with her of like, like I, I really, I cared. I wanted her to do good. I thought she was receptive to it. It was actually a really nice, it ended up being a really nice moment. Um, and I'm sure it looked cheesy and forced when you see the awkward picture of me hugging her. But like, well, you always look cheesy and forced and awkward. So uh, people don't even know you like that. Right. So you don't you know understand. What you don't know what's real. <laughs> it was a moment, though, man. It's still the thing that people talk to me probably most about. So Nikki and Rosenberg made up, but there's still so much more to talk about from 2012. For example, here's DJ Drewski and Mayno discussing prepping and performing at Summer Jam 2012 with Hot 97 journalist Jason Peters. Do you know a healthcare hero? Someone who fights for better care for their families, their friends, or their community? The New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice wants to honor them and you with a pair of tickets to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Summer Jam at UBS Arena on June 2nd. Visit Hot97.com slash NYH Justice to enter to win. Must be 18 or older to enter. Made hot by the New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice.
celebrating the life of the finisher, Mr. C. Mr. C, step swimming. Jadakiss, EPMD, Eric B and Rakim, Method Man and Red Man, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Yours truly, the curator, the lit digital DJ, Funk Flex on the set. Hosted by Nessa, Ebro, Peter Rosenberg, and Laura Stale. 30th anniversary of Summer Jam. 30% off right now. This offer ends at midnight on Sunday. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Oh, you thought we wasn't going to get it right? He's on fire. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Mano. I performed at the 2012 Summer Jam. Growing up in New York, when mm-hmm. Summer Jam, the year 1994 comes around and the first right. Summer Jam ever comes around. When did Summer Jam first come on your radar? Um, well, I was away for when um, Summer Jam was actually starting. I didn't actually get a chance to see my first Summer Jam until 2003. So I guess you came out and right. then, and then some, had you heard about Summer Jam of course, prior? Of course. So even when you were away, you had heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hot 97 had become the premier hip-hop station in, in the country. So it was the number one station in the number one market. And now we have this actual uh, concert that is going on in the city. You know, um, it was it was a thing. Every summer, Summer Jam is uh, is a... Uh, it's very monumental. Uh, it's, it's a staple in the city. And like I said, uh, 2003 summer, you know, me and my guys, you know, we, we got together, got, you know, got our tickets and we rode out and we went to Summer Jam. And it was a it was my first first contact with 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 Summer Jam in, in any capacity. So talk to me that, about that. So you get out. Yeah. And you decide, all right, I'm going to go to this thing. I finally right. was it when you were when you were away. Was it like, oh, this is a thing I want to do? Of course, I mean, everybody wants to go to Summer Jam, and then you know, and me looking at the game and wanting to be an artist at the time, I'm saying I want to be here. So I want to be on that stage. You're one of the uh, many stories of yeah. fans to performers of the of Summer course. Jam stage. Of course, I'm I'm homegrown New York City artist. I come from Hot 97. You know, the first time anybody heard me. You know, on the radio was Hot 97. You know, um, you know, um, rest in peace to K Slay. You know, he was the first place person to play my music, give me a shot. You know, brought me up to Hot 97. Let me, uh, let me, you know, freestyle. You know, live on the air back then. And um, you know, so I, I worked my way from that all the way to Summer Jam. At Summer Jam 2022, they did announce that there's going to be a dedication, right. dedicated set to DJ K Slay. What what are your thoughts on that? Who do you think will be on that? Who, who would you like to be a part of it? Um, I spoke to TC about it the other day, yesterday, I think. You know, and I told her that I, I really, absolutely feel like Jim Jones needs to be, you know, a part of uh, Summer Jam. You know, I think uh, he's been a staple in the city. He's been a uh, um, consistent, and you know, in in the ninth hour. He's put out a hit record. We set the trends. So that was big in the city. He's big around the country. And he deserves it. Going backwards to the uh, idea of going from someone who was a fan in the stands mm-hmm. to someone performing. Take me to your first Summer Jam performance. Wow. What did that mean to you? Talk me through it. My first Summer Jam performance, I performed with uh, Alicia Keys. So this is 2008. Hi Hater comes out. It's becoming a thing in the city. You know, Swiss Beat calls me and asks me who was bringing, bringing me out. You know, I seen him. I told him, um, nobody. Nobody had hollered at me. He said, all right, we're going to figure something out. He calls me and told me, yo, you ready? I said, ready for what? He said, it's showtime. And he told me, uh, this is how it's going to go down. He said, um, 
Alicia was going to come out and do a rendition of Mary's song that we use the same beat. And then I would come out on her set as a surprise guest. And it was um, that was one of those moments when I was I, I couldn't believe that I had gotten that far. I had um, actually arrived in a place where Alicia Keys was bringing me out on her set. And that morning we had to practice. We had to uh, rehearse. And, you know, we went through the routine. I was cool. She was absolutely cool. Energy was, 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 was very warm. And then when it came time to perform, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I kept thinking of things that might happen. I was like, well, what if I, what if I trip? What if I, what if, what if I drop the mic? And I was thinking that if any one of those things happened, not only was I going to embarrass myself, but I was going to embarrass Alicia Keys. And it was just too, too much of a responsibility for me to, you know, to carry on myself like that. You know what I mean? So I had to come through. So, you know, I got past my fears and I went out there and we rocked and it was just my first moment. And I was going to say, you're having those thoughts. And at that time, you're already performing consistently. And you're probably not thinking of that when you're performing a show in Ohio. Right. Because it's not nothing's like Summer Jam. We talking about the biggest stage. 50, 60,000 people in the stadium. Like, we're not talking about, you know, um, being in a club or, you know, being at a smaller venue. We're talking about this is the whole city. This is the moment we waited for. Like, being a New York City artist, to actually grind from the bottom up and get to a place to, to actually be a performer on the big stage at Summer Jam is one of those milestones that you really feel good about when you get to that place because all of every artist that's from New York City was a fan of Summer Jam prior to being a Summer Jam take me to 2012 mm -hmm. you have your own set right you're at Summer Jam it's not just a special pop out you're doing your thing bring me through that day what is that day like for you what do you remember from it well um, that day was very 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 special to me because prior to that I had performed at 2008 2009 2010 2011 and now I had performed at all those summer jams right and now they they finally gave me the opportunity to perform my own set and that was monumental to me um, I had came to Giant Stadium. We had recorded this commercial with me walking, like coming into in the stadium, walking through the stadium. It was on the screen, and then we bust out. So it was, it was, it was so many things that was going on through my mind, and then I put together a show. So at that time, Mano was booked to perform at Summer Jam, um, and it was like a main stage. So he was the opening act. And I was his DJ at the time. Even though I was working for High 97, I was technically DJing for Mano. This is DJ Drewski. Which is crazy. And being like the, the opening act, I'm the first one on stage. So now people are coming into the stadium. I'm on stage. The screen is playing the intro video. And I, I, butterflies in my stomach. It's so Because I'm like, oh, I'm the first one they're going to see. As soon as it says, now welcome to High 97, boom, the light's on me. I play the first song, Mano comes out, but being the first person on stage at a summer jam, it just felt insane. I don't remember the exact year, but it was definitely opening up, you know, like playing for Mano, DJing for Mano is... I believe the year was 2012. Because 2012? Because he did it again. We did it with Mano and Uncle Murder. 
So that might have been 2013 or 2014. I think he said 2014. He 2014 was Murder and Mano. Yes. So 2012, yes. That's that was my first time like on the, the big stage, and it was DJing for Mano. Crazy. Um, I bought out um, Swiss Beats. I bought out a uh, MOP. ASAP Rocky. First time ASAP Rocky ever touched the main stage was on my set. Right. So a, a lot of people think all oh, these hip hop artists just pop up and perform. Someone like Mano, you know, weeks before Summer Jam, we were, you know, rehearsing. And that's rare. Like, a lot of times you don't get hip-hop, especially the street artists that want to prepare. But that's one thing I respected. I said, yo, Maine is so excited for this performance. He hit me up. He said, yo, find a venue. Any club that you DJ at, let's find a venue. I want to rehearse leading up to Summer Jam. So, like, three weeks before even Summer Jam... Every couple of days we're rehearsing, going over the set. Even if it was like a 10-minute set, like a quick set, but he treated it like a full performance. And I was like, I can see how important this means to him and me being his DJ. I want to take it as serious as he's taking it. Like, I, it's a great opportunity for me, of course. I work with the company, you know, but I see what it means to him. And we would rehearse every couple of days, like leading up to it, timing, putting sets together and I felt like very confident by the time Summer Jam came because we did it so many times, you know. So it was like, "All right, cool, we got this." You know, we 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 know what we're gonna do. We we know how you're gonna come out. We know the first song. We know the special guest, and and it was just just a build up of getting ready for Summer Jam is what made Summer Jam so smooth and like easy. And then I think the morning of we went to like a rehearsal. So now we're on the big stage. You know, they're still putting stuff together, and it was like. All right, cool. This this kind of helps because even him, we done. We were on tour prior to Summer Jam, and I can still see the butterflies in his stomach, you know. And it's just an excitement because you growing up in Jersey, growing up in Brooklyn, and Summer Jam means so much to the city and for the town. And to finally be able to be a part of it, I know how big it is. So just to have that experience, even for me, was like, yo, this is amazing, you know. And it's something you know you think of and you could talk about. We could come up here and do a whole podcast about it because that's how big it is. Talk us through a little bit of Summer Jam magic. Give us a little bit of how those surprises get picked. That was all. That was all me. That was all me calling them, and asking them to be a part of what I had going on. You know, that was all. You know, uh, my relationships with them. You know, me having a relationship with Swiss Beats. You know. Me having relationships with uh with MOP to do any up because I knew that that was going to be, you know, tremendous. You know, when they hit that summer jam stage and it was going to ring off in the stadium. So um, it was it was it was, yeah it was just about the relationships at that point. You know, and it it gave me the opportunity to show you know the station that I could put together my own show and that I was worthy of that that opportunity. Two thousand and twelve summer jam. Do you have any memory or any favorite memory from that year, from that day? Um, just the fact that I, I, I just couldn't believe I was, I was there. I just woke my way to that point. You know, um, Drewski had been on the road with me, you know, prior to that. Um, he DJed for me. And, you know, for, it was big for, for both of us. You know, I had always came out as a surprise guest. You know, so the memory of it all is just great to me. Make some noise, nigga! Yes! God damn it! New York City! New Jersey! Make some noise for the one and only Switch Beats and 
fought in these streets till the day that I die. I wait harder to hate it. Follow your baby. Take a look, and you can tell that I'm destined for great. People here to see ASAP Rocky today. know a healthcare hero? Someone who fights for better care for their families, their friends, or their community? The New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice wants to honor them and you with a pair of tickets to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Summer Jam at UBS Arena on June 2nd. Visit Hot97.com slash NYH Justice to enter to win. Must be 18 or older to enter. Made hot by the New York Alliance for Healthcare Justice. UBS Arena, hold on! Sexy Red, French Montana, DeVito, Lola Brooke, Cash Cobain, Bass Swag, Doja Cat, Honey Baby, Fabio Fari, 41 Kyle Rich, Jet Carter, Tata, Chef G is home, baby, Sleepy Hollow, Connie Diamond, 310 Baby, Celebrity Host, Ice Spice and A Boogie, Big Daddy Kane will be celebrating the life of the finisher, Mr. C. Mr. C, Step Swimming, Jadakiss, EPMD, Eric B and Rakim, Method Man and Red Man, Lord Yours truly, the curator, the lit digital DJ, Funk Flex on the set. Hosted by Nessa, Ebro, Peter Rosenberg, and Laura Stiles. 30th anniversary of Summer Jam. 30% off right now. This offer ends at midnight on Sunday. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Oh, you thought we wasn't going to get it right? He's on fire. People here to see Schoolboy Q on this stage. From Alicia Keys in 2008 to Mano in 2012 to Drewski in 2022. Artists know how big of a deal hitting that Summer Jam stage is, so they take time to rehearse their performances. Just like Ralph McDaniel said in the last episode, this is not your regular radio station concert. Like, Summer Jam is different. You gotta touch it in a different way. Ralph McDaniels spent most of Summer Jam 2012 at the festival stage, where he met a young rapper by the name of Kendrick Lamar for the very first time. Yeah, no, I was on the... I was on the uh, festival stage and I remember seeing ASAP Rocky and there was a buzz about ASAP Rocky and I literally was standing right by. In fact, he came up to me and he's like, yo, my mom is going to be bugging me that, that I met you. And so he got on stage and the crowd just went crazy. Like he was definitely a star. There was no doubt about him. He didn't even have to stay in anything. He could have just stood there and he was a star. And the girls went crazy. And, and then, you know, as I'm going backstage, you know, I see Kendrick and I see um, Schoolboy Q and we did some interview stuff with them and Schoolboy Q was hot. He was on fire at the time. Kendrick was not there yet. And um, I can't remember the other guy's name. There's another guy part of that crew uh, that was there. But um, um, yeah, the festival stage was lit. It was lit that year. And actually towards the end it rained. And nobody moved. And that's when I knew that, you know, these are dedicated fans. You know, it started to rain like in somewhere in the middle, right towards the end of the festival, uh, outside festival. And if nobody moved. They all stood there in the pouring rain. And it, it, the, the, the main stage hadn't even started yet. So I was like, OK, this is the dedicated crew. We're here. Was this uh, one of your first times like meeting Kendrick? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I ever met Kendrick. Yeah. Like he could have been like a regular dude walking in the crowd. Nobody would have noticed him. That's literally how he was. Like, he looked like somebody that, like, he looks like my cousin or somebody. Like, he had nothing that said artist on his written. I mean, even now, if you look at him, there's nothing that says 
I'm an artist. Like Schoolboy Q was definitely lit. You know, ASAP Rocky was lit. You know, when you looked at me, like he does something. I don't know what it is. But if you looked at Kendrick, you didn't see that at all. What do you think about the festival stage as being a jumping off point for young artists? I think the festival stage was the festival stage. I think the festival stage was genius, you know, um, to put artists in that space because every five years this thing changes around um, the sound. And so when we started putting those new artists out there on the stage who were lit, maybe didn't have a big label behind them, maybe didn't quite have the sales yet, but you knew they were going to have it. It gave them um, the space that they deserve. And um, and then some of them started, you know, kind of connecting with people that were on the main stage and would come out again on the main stage. So they would get a double hit. So I was like, oh, you was on the outside stage and the inside stage. OK, I see what you're doing. <laughs> it's like the greatest networking event in hip hop. <laughs> right. Because you're trying to find out if anybody has a little minute in their time slot that you could slide in. And the artists know, the big name artists know that are on the main stage that I might want to get ASAP Rocky, I might want to get Schoolboy Q or Kendrick to get on my set because when I'm on that big stage outside, inside, people didn't come to the to the festival. They might want to see them inside. So it's a good, good marketing. The festival stage was loaded with talented artists that would pretty much all turn out to be future headliners. I can see how Rosenberg got a little too excited. But man, you look at this list of names from that year, though, man. Jeez. Nikki, well, Nikki didn't own it, but Jeezy, Ross, Cole, Wale, Meek, Big Sean, Two Chains, French, Movado, Tyga, Rocky, Azalea Banks, Pusha T, Kendrick, Schoolboy Q, Big Crit, Fred the God. It's a pretty crazy lineup in retrospect. It's one of the best. One, it might be one of the best modern it's up there. lineups we've had. Sure. And of course, Kendrick would eventually graduate and do main stage. So would Rocky. Multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> Pusha just, this year now. Yep. I'm just laughing because I remember when Azalea Banks was on that festival stage, people were very confused because they didn't understand like why is she here. Azalea's fans came out and she had boys and booty shorts bouncing up that stage and she was <laughs> yeah. running around with tutus and it was a thing yeah. and I think a lot of people were so surprised like how much people actually enjoyed her and enjoyed her movement dope. and her music. Azalea and Banks is a fire artist. It was just a really um I remember I remember sitting on the side because we were live streaming and be like, yo, she's killing it. And the crowd is loving it. Even if you were insecure, you didn't know what was going on. It was a show. It was a moment. Hot 97 Summer Jam 2012. Summer Jam 2012 was really the first modern summer jam. Social media played a major role in what went down that day. And Summer Jam passed, there was no live stream for Nikki to get mad at or a way for Lil Wayne to tweet about Ebro. We also saw the emergence of many artists who would become household names just a few years later on the festival stage. We went from cassettes in 94 to CDs in 01 to iTunes in 2012. But for our last episode in our mini series, we're stepping into the streaming era. 
My name is Laura Stiles. Thank you for listening to Summer Jam through the years. Please share and subscribe to the show. Special thanks to Ralph McDaniels, Carl Freed, DJ Juanito, Ebro Rosenberg, DJ Drewski, Mano, and of course, the Hot 97 in-house reporter, Jason Peters. calling us like texting us or whatever Yo, can you get us tickets you get us tickets so like even that's another thing that's another an ongoing thing just like every year you get a brand new set of friends that you don't talk to but on summer jam time they always call you they always say what's up hero someone who fights for better care for their families their friends or their community the new york alliance for Healthcare justice wants to honor them and you with a pair of tickets to celebrate the 30th anniversary of summer jam at ubs arena on june 2nd visit hot97.com slash nyh justice to enter to win must be 18 or older to enter made hot by the new york alliance for Healthcare justice Mr. C. Mr. C. Step swimming. Jadakiss. EPMD. Eric B. and Rakim. Method Man and Red Man. Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Yours truly the curator, the lit digital DJ, Funk Flex on the set. Hosted by Nessa, Ebro, Peter Rosenberg, and Laura Stale. 30th anniversary of Summer Jam. 30% off right now. This offer ends at midnight on Sunday. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Oh, you thought we wasn't going to get it right? He's on fire. Fire. 